You're listening to a previously recorded episode of the Detroit Sports Rag Podcast. This show is broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. For more information about the show or our network, please visit www.podcastdetroit.com. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Simon Cowell approaches. Plagiarized the work of a blogger, David Harnes. Now, what's going on with that? Just bag. Where's my number? Sorry. It was condescending baggage. I had a few too many, and then just drove home, and then just fucking, yeah. Is it true you sexually harassed a co worker in a college newspaper? It's the Detroit Sports website. Uh, I don't say this. This 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 puke isn't even worth being mentioned. The only time we should mention him is for his obituary. Except okay. no one will care when he's dead. We're talking to T. Foss, Terry Foster, ninety-seven-one. Uh, this guy got his hands into everything: failed restaurants, failed marriages, failed liquor licenses. This guy's an animal. I make good choices nowadays. Before we get started. Jeff Martin, is that correct? Lawrence, you here to do the interview today, or yeah. what's the deal? Yeah, no, I just... All right, well, we, I'm sure Terry greatly appreciates that. The other thing is, you, you guys are raising hell out there in Detroit, aren't you? I, I, I've got some people telling me, you better not go on that show with those guys. Those guys are making everybody angry and getting them mad and doing stuff, so you're, you're creating quite a stir back there in Detroit. Welcome to DSR Podcast number 41, broadcasting live, as always, from our studios in... Actually, should I say where our studios are? No, I don't think you should. Our studios in <laughs> I Brighton, be, I Michigan. W- I'd like to be broadcasting live, not broadcasting dead. So, 
yeah. Today's studio is in Kazakhstan. <laughs> we are... <laughs> That is uh, Jessica, who had a uh, transplant over the week and has got a much deeper voice. I say, uh, Jessica, you've never looked better. That's right. She had a, uh, an adedictomy, is what I believe the surgery is called. And they- yeah. Yeah. If Jess- Jessica wouldn't look any worse. She got into a car accident over the week and uh, got Jane Mansfield. No. <laughs> Proprietor of the uh, podcast Detroit Network, uh, the Idiot host, enabler. host, co-host of IT and the D, which you can hear on this uh, network every Monday evening. Um, Dave Phillips. Not uh, not to be confused with Taylor Phillips. Or but, or the Dave Phillips that works for the Oakland Press. Right. Uh, you know, there's there, he's a, there's a reporter out there with the same name, yeah? So, or Brandon Phillips, yeah. uh, Cincinnati Reds um, second baseman. You have, you, have an <laughs> unknown, you have an unknown phone number calling. W- would you like to answer it? Unknown? It says unknown phone number calling. Why not? <laughs> yeah, why, who cares? What else do we have to do? Can I help you? Hello? Tim Winkler. This is Tim Winkler. Yeah, uh, Tim, how, how are you doing? Listen here, you motherfucker. Tim, turn off your radio. Turn down your radio. Do you know nothing about calling into a talk show? All right, let's hang up on Let's get rid of this guy. And Can we start done. the show over? Yeah, should we go back to the intro? <laughs> for, the, for the third time. Yeah. So this stuff doesn't happen when Jessica's here. So, Dave, before we get into the topics, and there's a lot to talk about, and unless you've been on a pontoon boat over the last few days, uh, there's been some happenings at the DSR that we'll have to discuss uh, later in the show. By, by the way, that that picture is just the funniest fucking thing. Oh, the uh, picture that Gerald Reynolds po- yeah. posted. Of- I, how did he get that from uh, from Tim Winkler's phone, though? That's what I want to know. Listen, there's a lot of people fucking around with Tim Winkler's phone. And if you <laughs> <laughs> see, I didn't want to start the show talking about this okay, topic. Okay, I, I really didn't. But you and Dave are just dragging me down, taking anonymous phone calls. Hey, I asked. I know. <laughs> I, I agree. Now, I want to ask you a question, though, Dave, before we get in too far involved. Shoot. So we've been doing this show for, well, 41 episodes, so we missed, I think, one week. So probably about 42 or 43 yeah. weeks we've been doing. Almost In nine weeks, it'll be a year, which is a record for any collaboration with any other party the DSR you know, has been involved with by about, I don't know, 37 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not a joke. You know, usually someone says, wow, this Jeff Moss, he's getting attention. Let's bring him to our you know, network or put him here at U Detroit. And in a few weeks later, they're like, what the fuck were we thinking? So my question for yeah, you com- is – Communism looked great on paper too. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> my question for you, have, have you had any negative feedback of anyone contacting you and saying, why do you put that lunatic on the air? Uh, not that's not already on our network. No. <laughs> well, way to way, way to throw Theo right under the bus. <laughs> no, I mean honestly, it's uh, you know what I'm, and even if they had, dude, I'm. If you don't like what you're listening to, turn the dial. It's that simple. It, it you know it 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 right. You, you don't. Nobody's strapping you to a chair putting headphones on your head and forcing you to listen to what you have to say or what I have to say or what anybody else has to say, kindly take your opinions and roll them up and cram them. Yeah, And, and just a sign that how big this network is getting. So I go to Louis C.K., the concert, and you can tell we have absolutely nothing to talk about tonight because uh, the Tigers are the only ones playing. Don't the, worry, folks. Right. We'll, get, we'll get into my Twitter beef with yeah, Soledad O'Brien soon. So... <laughs> so 
That's not a joke. Right. We actually we are, are going to get into that. Look, so. we got, there's just jack shit to talk about. <laughs> yeah. the, the Tigers are playing, I guess. Uh, the trade deadline's over. There's really no discussion about that. Uh, we'll get into some Lions talk about the the in, how they handle injuries with DeAndre Levy and uh, most recently over the weekend, Eric Ebron. Uh, there's nothing to talk about the Red Wings. There's nothing to talk about the Pistons. We do have a guest at uh, 6 o'clock. Ah, Aaron Baines looks good. So does uh, Mike Benajay had a nice dunk. Uh, there's There's been a— The Olympics, uh, baby. I, I filed a PPO against you for discussing the Pistons in within 500 feet of me, so <laughs> we can't do that. So we, at 6 o'clock, we're going to have a special guest, a gentleman in Toronto who started a DSR-esque website— um, Based on being a fan of the DSR when he lived here, I think got to get the whole story. He, wait, is he a tra- he can't be Canadian? Is he a transplant? I think he is. Because aren't aren't they like notoriously polite? Like, yeah. does, does he end every article with "sorry"? Well, sorry. trust. Yeah, he, he his the site's a little different. I believe. I don't think he attacks people. People in the media up there actually talk to him. Uh, don't wish him death. Don't collaborate with people in other parts of Ontario to. I, I had no idea. Run a cabal. I had no idea there was a local Detro- Detroit sports media Illuminati, and that they were oh, all lined up against you. I, I, I had no idea. They've invested heavily, heavily financially. Heavily. Yes, they've they've put a lot of time, effort, and money um, into Twitter troller crowd accounts that can be unveiled with one yeah. DM. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're going to talk about the Twitter trolls the trilogy at five thirty. We're going to try to hold off a special guest coming on the program. One Miranda. Shay McCoy will be joining us around 530. For, for what it's worth, unknown phone number has called back four times so far. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> Maybe it's him. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're just out of hand saying that that's not Winkler, but, you know, uh, who knows. But let's talk about something Check else. Check to see if he sends you a dick pic. Uh, oh, Jesus. Well, do we, do we know any relation to Henry? Any? Do no, no. I, I, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't think so. All right, I'm going to drag you people away from this discussion to talk about another Twitter con, uh, Twitter controversy that occurred uh, in the last few days involving a member of this show, and that would be our co-host Jasper Apollonia. Oh, uh, please introduce me by my full title: co-host and. Hater of women everywhere. Well, you have, yeah, you have, you have reason. President to. of the He Man Woman Haters Club himself, Jasper Apollonia. Look, look if, if a model broke up with me via text message after 17 years of dating, I'd hate women too. Hey, it was a five minute phone conversation. It was much oh, classier. Oh, okay, much classier. So anyway, without going into that too much. So so uh, what what happened? You and Soledad O'Brien, who I guess is a um, CNN talking head. You had a little bit of a uh, Twitter war with her? I wouldn't call it a war. Uh, I don't think Soledad O'Brien would would engage me in a full-out Twitter brawl. But, uh, yeah, well, so for those who have not been on Twitter for the last couple of days, there was an article in the Chicago Tri- uh, Tribune that was posted online with the headline, uh, and I'm going to read the headline word for word, Wife of a Bears lineman wins a bronze medal today in Rio Olympics. That's what the tweet was. So to that, Soledad O'Brien respond, quoted it and said, Oh, Lord, Chicago Tribune, she has a name and she's an Olympian and it's not wife of Bears lineman. So I immediately took issue with this as somebody with a background in journalism who understands I'm not going to claim I know the ins and outs of the industry by any means, but I do know a little something. I d- 
did have to pay a lot of money to go to Syracuse. So I should have learned one or two things at least. And to me, it was instantly clear that this was not a sexist headline, as many were claiming, and Soledad O'Brien certainly was inferring. It was exactly what John Oliver just two nights ago called out the Tribune for doing on his program. It was an article with a headline designed to get clicks, nothing else, Yeah. period. Uh, that's why they didn't name her because nobody knows who she is. That's why they didn't name her husband because nobody knows who he is either. That's why they didn't name her sport because her sport is trap shooting. And um, if you can tell me – Now, is that, rela- what- is that related to – like I, I hear about trap queens – no, as, I, I as hear... Jeff said, uh, it, trap shooting actually is pretty popular in Chicago, but different <laughs> kind of trap. Side. <laughs> yeah, different kind of trap uh, we're talking about in this case. I don't even know what trap shooting is, period. I, I have no idea what the rules are. I don't know what the competition is. They, I don't even know what the instrument they use. They could use a bow and arrow, a gun. I, I have no clue. End of Return of the Jedi, it's a trap. Exactly. And lasers. So I it said, looks like they use a gun and clay pigeons. I believe that's what it is. Isn't that skeet shooting? <laughs> Not, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Nobody knows. <laughs> that's the point. That's the point. <laughs> Nobody knows what trap shooting is. Nobody knows who this, this woman is. Nobody really knows who her husband is. That's why they didn't put any of those things in the headline. You know what people in Chicago care about and what people in Chicago want to read about? The fucking Chicago Bears. The, Bears. The, most, the most popular franchise in the same city that had Michael Jordan. The Bears are more popular in that city. There is no debate. Now, we are talking about the Chicago Tribune, which is writing about a non-Chicago native. She's from Alaska. She is the only thing she has in common with the city of Chicago is she lives there. Why she live there? Because her husband worked for the Bears. So... This isn't a case of somebody posting a sexist headline. If the Juno Herald, her well, hold, hometown paper, so what had did, posted so, that. So what did you tweet to, to Soledad O'Brien? Well, easy. I said this is an awful take. I tweeted this to my followers. Don't fall for this fake and completely misplaced outrage. There's nothing sexist about this headline. And then I said I'm actually pissed about this tweet because it makes a mockery of feminism. Which it does because when the boy – it goes back to the boy who cried wolf. When everything becomes sexist and anti-women, then it loses its meaning when things actually are. When reasonable people like me – well, I was going to say Jeff, but that's not true. When reasonable people are going to look at the at, look at feminists and, and look at what people are saying and when they're talking about – sexism and feminism when people who are not either way i'm a feminist but when people who go the who who don't have a clear thought on the matter or skew more anti-feminism which is ridiculous look at stuff like this they point to it and say look the feminists don't even know what feminism is they don't even know what sexism is well let me just say something because as someone who tries to uh reach an audience on Twitter or by headlines, it's very, very important, as I can see, how you craft a headline or a tweet. There's a very direct relationship to that 
crafting and how many people click on a link. I mean, if if I just haphazardly just throw something out on Twitter with a with a with a dumb headline that doesn't want that doesn't entice people to click on the link, it, it could get twenty or thirty percent of the hits that if I if I did a really good job and thought, okay, what's the best way to maximize this? As, a, as I said to you before the show, if uh, Maria Sharapova had a husband who nobody knew who that person was, and he was in a minor Olympic sport, of course, if he won the gold medal, the headline would be, Maria Sharapova's husband wins a gold medal at uh, synchronized swimming. That would be the headline because you're trying to draw people in. And it's, it's just hilarious that this becomes an issue. Soledad O'Brien tweets it out. And then all of the men, all of the uh, the Richard Deitches of the world, the Keith Laws, all of the uh, people who just want to basically show how, how much they are, they love women or how big a feminist that they are, latch on to this. It's stupid. It's no different. Is one more thing I will say, as we talked about before the show, is Jennifer Aniston goes out, gets photographed with Justin Theroux, who co-wrote Tropic Thunder, who's on a HBO show as the star. And how does Justin Theroux get treated? He gets treated as Jennifer Aniston's boyfriend. That's just the world. It's not sexist. It's not anti-man when Justin Theroux has to be referred to for Lander and Upton. Yeah. Well, that's another one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Here's here's and that could go either way. Well, depending on if it's TMZ, it's ver, it's it's Kate Upton, yeah. it's Kate Upton's boyfriend, and if it's ESPN, it's Justin Verlander's girl. I mean, that's just the here's, way it is. Here's the most really topical example of it, and I brought it up before the show as well. Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen. Giselle Bunchen walked on had her final runway walk at the Olympics. You think anybody was talking about Tom Brady in that time? No, because she's from Brazil. She is an icon in Brazil. She's one of the most famous Brazilians out there. Nobody gives a shit about Tom Brady at the Olympics. He is the husband of Giselle Bunchen. I guarantee it. I guarantee that's how so, they said it in Brazil. So you woke up the next day with what a bunch of uh, angry women after I you? woke I woke up with over 100 Twitter notifications. It was madness. These people were furious with me and of course because i'm me i defended myself but jeff i want to actually go back to something you said that's very important clicks that's what it's about it's about getting clicks and it's so important to places like the chicago tribune hell just the tribune in general the media company that like john oliver pointed out they are not even trying to do it by person They are putting it into computer programs. They're having computer programs write their headlines for them. They're having computer programs tell them what they're going to be writing about in their articles. So it's no more sexist than a fucking computer can be sexist. Right. It's not. It's right. it's an asinine thing. And then we, the last thing Soledad O'Brien had to say to me 12 hours after her initial response was, how about Corey Cogdale? Three-time Olympian and wife of Bears lineman wins the bronze. You can include her name in a hook in the headline. 
try and sneak that headline past a freshman journalism professor and see what happens, Soledad. Good luck. That's, that's, that's a paragraph. That's not a headline. It's garbage. That's that, the story. Nobody's <laughs> going to click on the story. So it's so clear that these people don't understand the difference between sexism and cynicism. We are operating – It's you know what's another example? The new Ghostbusters movie. You know how it was thrown out there in the media as being a big feminist thing? Oh my gosh, we got to go back against all these men that hate an all-female Ghostbusters. It's bullshit. People didn't like it because it was a shitty movie. It had nothing to do with sexism. But what the, the branding of it had to do with was cynicism. Mm-hmm. So I get upset when these people who are using feminism and the keywords of, of sexism, misogyny, when these people are using it to their financial profit – that infuriates me. Next topic. <laughs> I'm done. Apparently so is Jeff. Yes. I'm done, I'm done with that topic. Um, we're up to 13 calls now so far, just so you know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tim wow. Winkler. Wow. Very, very aggressive. Um, I'm, I got a note from one John Pete who's he's asking you to stop over-enunciating your words. So I apologize <laughs> for having good enunciation, I suppose. <laughs> he's got I'm a problem just, with your syllable and fossils. I'm, I'm just passing that along. Uh, some breaking news today that I think we can we can touch upon real quick before we have Miranda on at 5.30 and discuss outing uh, a Twitter troll who has been going after me now for about, I don't know, three years. And we had a three-part article regarding uh, what occurred over the, you know, over the last couple of years with this guy and how we figured him out, and we'll get into that. I don't know. I really don't know how much I want to talk about it or not, but I'm guessing people want to hear some of the backstory. So maybe you can ask me some questions about it. Dave can, uh, and I can answer them as best as I can. I, I really don't want to make it a singular focus of the show, but I think people do want to hear about it. Uh, so we'll do that. But so Prince unless Fielder, you want to break down Hishashi Iwakuma's pitching performance no, last night, I definitely don't want to do that. But Prince Fielder. Uh, is going to be announcing his forced retirement uh, tomorrow, I guess, at a press conference uh, with the Texas Rangers at the young age of 32. And I guess so it's weird because I've been thinking about writing an article about my top 20 least favorite Detroit sports athletes of all time. Uh, I wrote it probably about 10 or 11 years ago on the DSR, and I need to update it. Number one for me is Prince Fielder. I I absolutely despise Prince Fielder for a couple of reasons. Uh, One, when he came to Detroit, he only came here for the money. He did not want to come back here. He had no other options. Mike Illich wanted to replace uh, Victor Martinez, uh, who was injured in an offseason I think he was going to get his mail when he tore his ACL. So, is Wait, so that, that wasn't about family history? That wasn't about like no, legacies? no, no, no. That wasn't no. Really? It was no? as a matter of fact. If anything, family legacy and his dad playing here was the reason he didn't want to come here. I mean, he didn't want to have to answer the questions. He was estranged from his father, and I don't blame him. Really, I mean, he, coming back here was there was a lot of bad memories. You know, he grew up in a house in Gross Point. Uh, used to come to Tiger Stadium with his dad. He wasn't talking to his dad. He was not happy. But at the end of the day, it was what? Middle or late January? I think middle of January. 
and people were starting to wonder if uh, Scott Boris was going to be able to give him a big contract. And there weren't a lot of suitors out there. Luckily for for Prince, uh, Victor went down with that injury going to walk into his mailbox. Well, I, I remember when Tiger when he originally went on the market, a lot of Tigers fans wanted him, and most media outlets kind of laughed that well, off. It, it wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to happen. Right, it wasn't going to happen. It was not considered to be something. So He didn't yeah. want to come here, and the no. Tigers didn't have any role for him until Victor went down. And I'm not sure if the Tigers had offered 25, 30, whatever the percentage was more than any other team, but but he, he had to take the contract. So he came here never wanting to be here. And then he acted like that pretty much for the his period of time here. Well, his first year was fine. I'm, I'm not saying stat-wise, but he never seemed like he wanted to be here. He was always brushing off any questions about the history of his dad being here. Uh, he came here for the money, plain and simple. Hey, by the way, Jeff, I don't know if you've seen this a million times on Twitter yet, but did you know that Prince Fielder and his father have the same amount of career God. home runs? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That's real interesting. <laughs> anyway, of course the reason I despise him is what occurred in the playoffs a few years back when um, – let me pull up his stats – when he literally and figuratively belly flopped. Exactly. In the playoffs. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, that was one of those things where it was already embarrassing, and then you had the visual of him flying, I, I don't even know what to call it, back into the third base and just making himself look like a complete ass, uh, which summed up that entire postseason run for him. Uh, wasn't that also the same postseason where he said, I'm here to hit mistakes? Yeah. So th- so this would have been in 2013, the year the Tigers had their best chance to win a World Series, in my opinion. Even better than 2006, better than uh, 2012 when they lost to the Giants, got swept. That 2013 team was probably the best Tiger team of this era. I think they were the only ones that went into the playoffs as the clear favorite in the AL. Yeah, well, maybe. That's debatable, but... By the time they were to the Final Four, they were the best team. Sure. And Boston ends up winning the World Series that year, and it really was the best opportunity, I think, for the Tigers to win. So in 40 at-bats in the playoffs, 11 games played, he gets 225, on-base percentage of 311, and a slugging percentage of 250. A slugging percentage of 250 for a guy who's 300 pounds and is known to hit home runs. Um, his slugging percentage that year was 457, just for a comparison. And, of course, after the Tigers are eliminated in six games, even though they, I think the first four or five games of the playoffs, of that ALCS, I think Tigers starting pitchers carried no hitters into three of five or four, whatever it was. I mean, it was unbelievable. Into, like, the seventh, right? It was the year, uh, yeah. Or it was un- or whatever. I mean, Scherzer, Fister, Verlander. I mean, that, the starting pitching was great, and they ended up losing anyway. And after the, after the series, after he has a 561 OPS, the reporters gather on his locker, and Prince is just like, well, you know, I'll get over it. I'm already over it. It's fine. Whatever. I'm going home to my kids. And it was that attitude, which I already wasn't – I already was, you know, not real thrilled that in 2012, when they got to the World Series, he had a 173 batting average, a 232 OPS, and a 231 slugging percentage. As a matter of fact, his 2013 output made his 2000 – I mean, it was it – was, it was exponentially better, and it was that was awful. He was those last two playoff seasons. He was just atrocious. In ninety two at bats, 
he was human garbage. And then, which okay, small sample size, you can say whatever. But he you want. wasn't even that good in the regular season. He had a one in his last year in Detroit. He had a one point seven WAR. He is eight nineteen OPS. I mean, he was all right. His his defense. Well, I mean, really. And then the log jam with V Mart. No, I it understand was, that it was such. It just was clearly not a good fit. Right. And we look stuck because he had this huge contract, and then he goes on and, and and just basically says he didn't really care about the loss. It was it was it it personified this whole entire Tigers era. It just seems like the team as a whole doesn't get worked up about this sort of stuff. And for him to come out as a spokesman and basically just confirm what we already thought, he leaped from maybe my top 15 most hated Detroit athletes of all time to number one. Well, he's still got Steve Ott to look forward to. So. Yeah, well, I don't think he can, unless he, you know, murders Dylan Larkin, I don't think he could <laughs> overtake, <laughs> he could ever overtake Prince Fielder. But, so now... Today, you get the news that because of his cervical issue, his neck, that he's going to retire at age 32. And it just, I don't know. I kind of feel bad for the guy uh, because this seems like an injury that might have long-term like life issues above uh, the, the sport of baseball. Where would the t- We talked about this a few weeks ago that I thought – it's in the top two or three trades of all time in Detroit sports history. Prince Fielder for Ian Kinsler. And uh, I think, if anything, with the news today basically solidified that. Well, just look at what the two guys have done in the three years since that. Uh, Prince Fielder, I believe, in his three years in Texas, put up a combined war of .3. Ian Kinsler, on the other hand has just gone on to put up a combined war of, uh, let's see here, 10, I think it's 15, 16.5. 16.5. Yeah, 16.5. 16.5. That's a, that's a pretty good return on investment. I'll give, I'll give the Texas Rangers $30 million in order to get that in right. return. Thank hey, you. I was hoping, because Tony Paul had tweeted out that uh, the Tigers might be getting some financial relief because they maybe had the insurance policy and they weren't going to have to pay Texas that money. Yeah, but it's only take, if you retired. No, what happened was that the Tigers had a policy out, and then Texas didn't renew it or something, so the Tigers don't have insurance on it. But I guess that's getting a little greedy, considering the fact that we got basically a Hall of Famer second baseman. I mean, Ian Kinsler puts up a .3 war in about three days. <laughs> and, and we got him for a guy who went there, as you stated, belly flopped in Texas, for the most part, had one pretty decent season. The other two mm-hmm. were just atrocious because of injury um, and just just not being very good. I mean, he was the Anibal Sanchez of hitters this year, basically. People, yeah, people say, where would the Tigers be without trading for Michael Fulmer and getting rid of Cespedes Price? Where the hell would they have been if they couldn't have unloaded um, Prince Fielder? So, oh, my God. Can you imagine that lineup? I mean, still, really— I. And the defense would have been – it would have been a complete yeah. mess. There's no chance you're even competing for the playoffs. Well, this think year, about this. Think. think about this. Nick Castanos goes down last week at mm-hmm. third base. Did you hear one person even gently suggest moving Miguel Cabrera to third? And Hell then maybe no. make, putting someone else at first, maybe calling up Moya, making him the Pe- – You didn't hear one. People would have rather signed Alex right. Rodriguez. People were legitimately <laughs> saying – people were legitimately saying – that they should sign Alex Rodriguez and play third. <laughs> a man who has played 38 games in President Obama's second administration at third base. 
that was a plausible suggestion. Go get A-Rod and plunk him down at third base. Nobody was saying <laughs> no. put Miguel Cabrera at third. <laughs> so, you know, one day I'll write that article about the uh, top 20 most hated Detroit sports. My personally, uh, Manny Legacy's up there. God, I mean, really, the Tigers would be one of the worst teams in baseball oh, this year God. if they hadn't made that trade. Really? Well, there would have been other things they did. But, yeah, just imagine you make you don't make that trade, but you make the Simon for Suarez deal, the Ghost for Travis trade, uh, the Robbie Ray Fister debacle. There's no way you're even yeah. trying Making to all those, David Can Price, you imagine the you last I mean? few years of Dombrowski's legacy if he doesn't just rip off Texas on that deal? Well, we're going to oh. go to a break. When we come back, we will have Miranda McCoy on the line. We will get the full story. I don't even I, honestly, I don't even know everything that occurred between her and Tim Winkler who uh, was going under the Twitter handle of J Smith 724113 claiming he was a person named Mike Perrin. I I really haven't I haven't asked her everything. So, you can ask her. We'll talk to her about her involvement in outing J Smith 724113 to the world and we'll be back in a few moments with her. Please put your hands and legs together for You're listening to a previously recorded episode of the Detroit Sports Rag podcast. Hello, Miranda. Yeah, this is she. Oh, okay. That this this is this is. You're listening mouth. to the Detroit Sports Rag What's Podcast. Going on there? All right, we're back on the DSR podcast. Jeff Moss, Jasper Apollonia, Dave Phillips filling in for Jessica Sarah. Actually, we can use your last name at least. That's that's the positive. True. Mm-hmm. So. All right, let's get into this. <laughs> so about three years ago, wait, 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 wait. I had I had the perfect thing for this. Hold on, where are you? Okay, da, 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 da. let's go ahead and drop that down a little bit. I want to put this in the background. Bond, James Bond. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think anyone would ever compare me to James Bond. <laughs> who was nobody who was in the world? It was, it's it was the Mission Impossible theme. I, oh, is that what it was? Yeah, oh, I thought it was James. I thought, you were gonna compa- I thought you were comparing Miranda to James oh. Bond because she, if, of any of us, if anybody here is right. an expert at espionage, well, it's, someone, this, it's the woman we have on the phone right now. Well, someone compared me earlier today to the you know the eighteen busting Twitter trolls, and I said, "Well, okay, does that make I, you Murdoch?" Or I, I, I said, "I love like I love when a plan comes together." I'm clinically insane. I should be, an insti- <laughs> I should be institutionalized, and I hate flying. I, but I can't come up with anything in the world that compares me to Templeton Peck at all. Maybe, maybe. Well, actually, you're the face man. Yeah, I'd, I'd you, be, you can be face or be a Baracus. You like no, cigars? You, no. Yes. There you go. Exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> so anyway, I can wear a three, about three years ago, there was this guy on Twitter who was coming after me anonymously. Um, didn't like the DSR. Didn't like what I was. What I stood for, and would attack me frequently um, on Twitter. Never, you know, didn't know who it was. It was just a, just a, you know, an egg or whatever, anonymous account. Somehow, I don't even, I'm not sure I'd have to look it up, how I tracked it down. But it turned out it was this guy named Tim Winkler who threatened to put a bullet in me. He disappeared for about a year, came back under another name, same bullshit, and then I think we called him out again, and he stopped tweeting and deleted that account. 
or just would become inactive. I basically had forgotten about the guy until recently, a few months ago, another account popped up under the name Smith 72413 with the name Mike Perrin. And this account basically was completely set up to troll me, um, to expose me. The pin tweet on his account uh, showed like an old four or five-year-old uh, Twitter census of how many of my followers were legit versus fake. Uh, since then, uh, I've updated that with uh, with that Twitter. Uh, no, I, I don't even know what you would call anyone, it. Anyone, it doesn't matter. Anyone yeah. can look it up. The ma- vast majority yeah, 90% of your followers are, at this point, are right. real. Right. But this guy set up an account and was just attacking me left and right, um, calling me out, which is fine. I, if you go by your own name, I really don't care if you want to, if you hate me. There's a lot of people who don't like me. As I said on Ryan Schuling's show yesterday, pick your reason you don't like me. Because I'm cynical about Detroit sports because I'm uh, outspoken about my politics or religion, uh, my disdain for organizing, whatever it is. There's a lot of reasons you you cannot like me. And if you go by your own name on Twitter, have at it. Come at me. But if you do it anonymously, sooner or later, we're going to find you out. Uh, we found out other Twitter trolls who were attacking my wife. Um, that's Shannon Perky, who I think is from Georgia. There was a member of the Tigers ground crew uh, who we outed and then begged us for clemency because he was afraid of losing his job of rolling out the tarp when it rains. Uh, there's been others. I, I don't need to recite the whole list. but So we were on a mission to find whoever this Mike Perrin was. And Mike Perrin was very good at misdirection. Basically, everything he tweeted out was a lie. So there was really no way to track down who he was. He said he went to U of M, grad school, that he was an attorney, that he was partially black. Um, what, what, what other things did he, he say? I believe he said he played football. Played football at Grand Valley State. Yeah. Everything that he was tweeting was, in my opinion, to throw us off the scent. So we couldn't find him. He's, you know, the guy follows me and has a Twitter account basically dedicated to annoying me. So obviously he could see that we had got to the identity of other people, and he didn't want that to happen. Uh, I had a couple people who read the website and contribute. Someone who doesn't like the enunciation of Jasper Apollonia is one of them. And he spent, according to him, 15 hours, he estimated, trying to get to the identity of Mike Parent. Um, He was pretty obsessed with it, and he made basically no headway whatsoever. We thought it was one guy who was an attorney. Um, It turned out not to be him. And then we thought it was another attorney in Fort Wayne. I was like moments away from calling that guy and saying, why do you hate me so much? Why don't you tweet under your own name? Thankfully, I didn't because I can't imagine what that attorney in Fort Wayne would have said to me. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, who? What are you? Who are you? <laughs> Jeff, what? It, and it wasn't him either. Now... We probably never would have figured it out because he was just coming up with additional stories and 
layer upon layer of lies, I don't think we would ever got to the bottom of it. He made one fatal flaw. In the words of Method Man, Jeff, only thing better than pussy, well, that's some new pussy. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jasper. Mm-hmm. That brings oh, us thank, to our guest. Method Man. That brings us to our guest. Uh, it's a, a woman that we met back in December when Justin Spiro, who was the former managing editor of the DSR, uncovered that Drew Sharp had plagiarized the story of David Harnes from iSportsWeb.com regarding Connor Cook's uh, relationship with a fan of his from Ohio, one Miranda McCoy. And we've become a friend of Miranda's over the last eight or nine months. She's been on the podcast before. And I, I welcome you back, Miranda, who now goes down in DSR legend, first ballot Hall of Famer, Miranda McCoy. How you doing tonight, Miranda? I'm doing well, Matt. How are you? Okay, I'm doing pretty good. Is is the bodyguard out there? You got the station? No, stop. I'm like actually legitimately scared for you because this guy is crazy. Well, well, that that may or may be the case, but uh, look, you know, Woodward and Bernstein didn't give up the chase on Watergate because they were, you know, going after Richard Nixon, a man who could have had him off in about two seconds. If you ever saw the movie Kill the Messenger, that journalist uh, who was played by Jeremy Renner in the movie, Plus, ended up killing himself. Maybe that's not exactly the greatest example. Plus, hey, if you want to talk about how crazy this guy is, who's crazier than Jeff Moss, right, Miranda? Yeah, exactly. So, Miranda, Miranda, I don't think I've ever really gotten 100% of the story. But you're the one who figured out who this guy was, and what was the? How did how did that start? Well, he just kept like saying things to me sexually on Twitter. So I mean, I had assumed that he was anonymous because it was just like a little out of hand. And then I forget what I. Had well, you knew who you 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 knew you knew he hated me though. From like you knew that. Because I think you had messaged me and like, why does this guy hate you so much? That was like a few weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, not at first. I, I didn't because he just kept saying things that were just like super inappropriate. So I just like ignored it. And then um, the one night he, I don't know, I don't think that you were tagged in the tweet, but I put up something and he's like, oh, maybe Moss can tuck you in for, you know, <laughs> like a good night's sleep or something like that. And I was like, okay. So I had to. I texted Jins more than you just to see, like, if you knew him. And, you know, he said no. So I just, I'm like, if you keep saying things to me, like, I'm going to take this up on myself and figure out who he is. Yeah, one example was, I think you had tweeted a picture of you in a Snapchat as a dog or something, and he suggested that he'd like to see you on all fours or something. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It was just like a, it was a little rough. So I thought that, like, I didn't say anything sexually at first at all. Like, he pretty much initiated all of that. And I just thought, like, if I kept saying, like, Mike, Mike Perrin, just, like, directly saying his name, that he would maybe, like, want it, I don't know, maybe more personal to him, which actually worked out, you know. So give me his, well, his first name. Tim, yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. It was it was and awful. He, so he, but he, so was terrible. So he, so he direct me, you direct messaged him, or somehow a direct message uh, relationship started at some point. Yeah, yeah. I just said I, I was like, oh hey, like nice tweet. I'm like, oh I see that you don't like uh, 
Jeff and stuff. And he went on and on, which by the way, like he would constantly say like, okay, this is a loss. Like we're not talking about him. And then he would just bring you up again, like randomly. Like he's really obsessed with you, Jeff. Like, like I am like just concerned. Yeah. Miranda, I, I was looking over some of those DMS and there was times where even you as trying to get information for Moss, you were begging him to talk about something other than Moss. It was like unbelievable. Yeah. The guy. Yeah. That's a good. That's a great point. Miranda, Miranda was basically only talking to the guy to find out who he was for me. And then when he would bring me up, she would be like, can we talk about something else? That's a level of obsession. That's crazy. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's really concerning. But I have to say, though, this is maybe like the funniest thing through it all. Like, I don't know. If, did you guys see how Draymond Green accidentally snuck his um, penis? Wait, you're not going to break the news that he was trying to send that to you also. <laughs> no, no, God, no, 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 no. Oh. But I do I thought it was like this week when I, I saw it. So I've been like laughing hysterically about this. Like, it's like the funniest thing. So I tweeted for probably like the 10th time because like I said, I was just cracking up over it. And this inbox on Twitter from Tim and it's his, it's a dick pic. And he just puts up, how does this compare to the NBA? Wait, 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 wait. I have kind of went out. So wait, he sent you the dick pic because he wanted to you to compare his penis to Draymond Green's? Yeah. Like I So you just for the record, like, So you didn't it wasn't like you said you were just trying to bait him and asked him for that. He just sent that for no reason? Yep. Yeah. I think the the what we talked about before that was just like I had went to brunch or something and then he was like asking me questions and then we didn't talk for a while and then I tweeted that and said this is well, nothing like makes men hornier than brunch. I, I will give him that, Miranda. Yeah, you were kind of asking for it. Yeah, you really were okay. for asking for I a mean, picture brunch? of brunch. Come on! Wow, that's hot. What are you expecting? Okay, so now, so now you, and and really, and I never asked you to do this. I never would have asked you. I would never have wanted to drag you into this because if anything, God forbid, did happen, um, I wouldn't want to be responsible. So I want everyone to know I didn't ask Miranda to catfish this guy and. Not that she did catfish him. He came after her. It wasn't like she lured him. He, she, he started all of these conversations. I mean, Miranda and I would never know who Mike Perrin was if it wasn't for him ingratiating himself into all these conversations. Uh, so now, at some point, I just wanted you out of this because you were telling me that you wanted to vomit uh, from these messages and that you weren't really, obviously weren't enjoying it at all. So... No. After he had sent you the dick pic, after he had sexted you and things like that, I was like, let's just get to the end of this and just prove who it is. And my thought process was a couple things. One, um, he couldn't claim that the pictures he sent to you were of someone else if he sent you a Snapchat because uh, – and I know I'm almost 44 years old next month. I'll be 44. But I believe Snapchat, Jasper – uh, if you take a picture, it's got to be you, and it, it can't be someone else. I mean, you can take a picture of a picture. Yeah. But if you take a picture— it, it, No, it's, it's not it's, like you can download a picture on Snapchat, on Snapchat and then send it to somebody. No. That's not how it works. No. So he sent you a picture on Snapchat, and you realized right away that, that was, it, was, it was the same guy who was in, in the pictures uh, that he had sent you, right? Yeah, because of the skin between his eyebrows. It's just really— 
weird. Right. So you knew it was him right away. But even at that point, I wanted more evidence because I didn't want to out this guy unless we had 100% confirmation that it was this Tim Winkler um, who had threatened to kill me a few years back, who had um, tried to out Tony Paul when before Tony had announced to the world that he was gay. We'd figured it was him because the pictures had matched, and, and he was saying his name was Tim Curtis, which if you go on the uh, Michigan uh, pen, um, penal website, that is one of his aliases. Uh, but I wanted to get a phone number. I, I wanted to get the phone number because I figured if we, I could get that to the private investigator, he could confirm um, if it was him or not. And so, so what you, what did you, how did you ask him to get his phone number? Oh, I just said that I have, like, my notifications turned off. So if I didn't answer him, like, right away, that would be why. So then he just said about so, oh, so give me his number. And I was like, yeah. So, so, so he just, like, texted him, like, well, then just call me tonight or something. So Did you ever talk to him on the phone? No, huh? Okay. No, because I would – oh, no, because I guess you – yeah, no, we did talk on the phone. Uh-uh. You did? No, 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 we didn't. Oh, okay. Like, I think you would have like outed him. It was like the day after that he and I were yeah, you, texting. Yeah, you got the phone number, and then you went back and forth, and uh, I sent that phone number. Or no, I didn't even send that. I just, I just asked the private investigator. I didn't even send him the phone number. I said, can you get me this guy's cell phone numbers? Somehow PIs can do that. I didn't even know that they could. Uh, but they can. It's called yellowpages.com. No, no, you can't. No, it's not that Oh, easy. that's only home phone That's numbers. home. I'm yeah, talking about yeah, cell. Yeah, it's right. harder to get My cell, bad. but they can do it. Yeah. Um, so he did, and he, he didn't have the number. He just sent me a few, like four or five numbers that this guy's had cell phone-wise. He's gone through a few cell phone numbers. And sure enough, one that one of the numbers that he was texting you from showed up as Tim Winkler with his address, and it matched. So at that point, I knew without a doubt that this was the guy. You know, he's claiming that it was some cabal that he was setting up Tim Winkler. Like, who the hell? I mean, why would you do that? It makes no sense. How would he even know who Tim Winkler is? Yeah, right. And if he was friends with him, why, you know, he was in cahoots with him? I mean, it just it made, it wasn't plausible at all. But people were, like, so dubious. And even to this day, uh, some of the attorneys who have been reviewing all of the documents and, um, and, 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 before, and vetting my articles before I send them, they're like, they still can't believe that he that he fell. I sorry for the pause, but I just noticed that the anonymous webs, you know, anonymous just tweeted out my article about him. So, are you serious? Yeah, one of the anonymous <laughs> accounts. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's kind of strange. But anyway, maybe they'll protect me from this loon. But that he had spent all of these months trying to fake us out and then basically gave himself away within a couple days talking to you. It's like, it's insane. It's crazy. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you must be, you must be proud of your sext game. (laughs) Wait, what? You must be proud of your sexting game or your, your feminine wiles. Yeah, I feel pretty good about it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you should. You really should. Well, so I have a question for the both of you then. Uh, Jeff and Miranda, I'm going to ask you separately, but 
how sure, because this guy has denied he sent those hilarious emails to you, Jeff. Um, how, sh- like, how certain are you that this is Timothy Winkler? Okay, so let me, so, so I'll, I'll explain what happened after we posted part one of the article. Now, when I posted part one, I didn't give any specifics of how we knew it was him. Um, I didn't mention the fact that you he had a you had a picture of him on Snapchat. I didn't mention the fact that J Smith seven two four one three was his handle, and his daughter was born on seven twenty four of two thousand thirteen. Um, and okay, so maybe if you were trying to set someone up, you would include that in your handle. But when I confronted him on Twitter and said, "We know it's you because you know." Why else would it be seven twenty four thirteen? Instead of saying, "Well, I'm trying to set some guy up," he said those were his lucky numbers when he played football, his lottery numbers or something. Was this is like his dad, some baseball number, his too. cousin's number, his dad. <laughs> it, it made no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, so that that part of his story fell apart, and well, then of course gambling, and then of course, and then of course, the third thing was that we had the phone number. So not only do we have the phone number um, that said it was Timothy Winkler's phone number. Uh, with AT&T, but I found out subsequently that when he emailed me to tell me that it wasn't him, that he had another phone number. It was a 248 number, and that he lived in Oakland County now, not in Grand Rapids. Well, what happened, what I found out from his ex, who he had a child with, he went, I guess, the night after he was found out, he went and changed his phone number. He got a new phone number. He got rid of that old number. And I've confirmed now from two other people that, including his baby's mama, that that was indeed Tim Winkler's phone number. So I get a... Yesterday I'm eating dinner at Champs with my family, and I get a letter from an attorney... Uh, by the name of Michael Huff, uh, I don't believe he's the former first-round pick safety of the Oakland Raiders, who turned out to be a bust, at the law firm Micah Myers up in uh, West Michigan. And it's a pretty well-known firm. Any relation to the Mike Myers of Halloween fame? No, 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 no. Oh. Micah, M-I-K-A. Oh, Micah Myers. Yes, yes nice. Micah Myers. Not Mike I Myers. Know. So no, no, not Mike Myers who killed people in the Halloween movies or the actor who played Austin Powers. Okay. This is Micah. Gotcha. So I get this letter, and I'll read part of it. Uh, this, this law firm represents Timothy Winkler, blah, blah, blah. The statements you've made about Mr. Winkler are defamatory and false in nature. Further, he did not make or author statements which you attribute to him. Specifically, in addition to other false statements you, may, you have made, you have made the following untrue statements about our client. Now, this is from an attorney in Grand Rapids that my client acted as an anonymous Twitter troll. Jeb, I, I just thought I'd point out, I believe they have now shifted uh, from just being a, an unknown phone Oh, no. Number. That's our next guest. Now it is oh, Amazon.com oh, is no. your next guest? Well, there, we have a guest coming out who's going to call around 6, and we might be going over. So we might have to call, tell him, you know, if, if you're listening out there, Jonah, we're, we're going over with Miranda. Yeah, well, we'll be, he's, he's calling allegedly from the corporate number of Amazon.com. Well, that could be. He's a, he's a big player. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's the other – that is him calling. That is – We'll tell you when to call back, Jonah. The guy, he's a player. Okay. He's, and he's out there. He's out west. So, Okay, so here's some of the other things that were in the letter. 
that my client is a so- psychopath. <laughs> that my client owed unpaid child support obligations, which I never alleged ever. I don't even know where that came from. That my client is insane and has a vendetta against you. That my client was or used or was otherwise affiliated with the Twitter handle jsmith72413 or used the name Mike Parent on Twitter. Well, did someone steal his cell phone number? I mean, please give me, if you want to call in uh, Mike Huff, let me know how this could have possibly been anyone but him. If the pictures on Snapchat are him, the phone number's him, his ex-girlfriend and his ex-baby's mama say it's his phone number, I- I'd love to know well, where we're wrong here. Jeff, you know what the most obvious... Can I, one more, one more. Oh, okay. That my client is a whack job. <laughs> this isn't a letter from an attorney. Like, it's defamatory. It's defamatory to say someone's all whack job. I'm going to sue you in the world court for calling me a, a whack job. That my qu- client has tweeted Miranda McCoy. So, so Jeff, here's the most obvious reason why this is all bullshit. Because if all these things were true and you were going after Timothy Winkler, this guy should be uh, uh, unfairly. You know what he should be more concerned with than you? Somebody who clearly has a personal vendetta against him and is trying to ruin his life by making him look like a piece of shit to you. By... Sending dick pics to Miranda. That he shouldn't care about what you're saying. He should be caring about the fact that somebody's trying to destroy his life. Oh, brother. But he doesn't care about that. You know why? Because nobody's trying to destroy his life except for him. Yeah. He just doesn't realize it yet. I I I, I just don't even know what to say. Is there any anything else you want to add, Miranda, about this uh about this topic. I mean, we could go on. There's, there, I, I've dedicated a lot of time. You can read the three articles on the website detailing all of this fraud. Um, Jeff, I've, I've said this before. Yes. One of the things I truly enjoy about you is that you, you are never mildly perturbed about something. You are either good to go or you are Sherman advancing on Atlanta. <laughs> well, you know, look, you did hire a private investigator to go after a Twitter troll. <laughs> In I mean, all you fairness, are, you, you well, are the human embodiment of Yelp. You you are you are the one star five star world. <laughs> I, I, I guess, but look, I like I said, I've got people who come after me, including uh, a guy who wrote a cover story on. Russell Wilson for Rolling Stone magazine, a gentleman by the name of Stephen Roderick. This guy hates me for whatever reason, uh, constantly bashes me on Twitter, but I'm not hiring private investigators to go after him. I'm not looking into his past. I, I think it's funny. If you don't like me, that's fine. If it gets to the point where it's abusive, I'll probably just mute you. I won't block you. But as long as you do it in your own name, it's a right. level playing field. True. You know, I go after a lot of people on Twitter, people in the Detroit media, um, Scott Anderson, Anthony Fennec. Hell, I wrote a, pff, many words about Anthony Fennec's foibles. But I do it under As my you. own name. Yeah, and then true. not only that, at least once a year I show up where if anybody has a gripe against me at the Tom Kowalski. And they certainly did. Right. <laughs> I, look it. I'll take it. You want to, you know. A few years ago, Shannon Hogan wasn't too happy with me. 
about something I had written. And she came up to me, invented, and I just sat there and took it. Okay. You got that off your chest? That's that's fine. I, I have no problem with dissent, not liking me, or, or whatever. Just do it in your own name. And I think now we know why he didn't do it in his own name. Because a quick Google search, if he did it in his own name, would have found out that the guy's got, like, like I said in the article, a, a rap sheet that's longer than Kevin Durant's wingspan. What is it, three felonies? I don't know. Let's not get into the specifics. Okay. I, think, no, I, th- I don't know how many. I would. You can read the article. It's all in the article. It's all been invented by our attorneys. And I, I, I really do appreciate I, – I would never have asked you to do it, Miranda, because you know, I don't want to put you in any line of fire. But uh, we, we never would have got to the bottom of this without you. So once again, we appreciate it. And if you go on the DSR or my Twitter feed, if you want to support Miranda's um, charity, the Shriners Children's Hospital in Chicago, right? Uh, yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. You can go. Well, I'll tweet another link out to that. You can make a donation if you want to thank Miranda for um, doing what she did. Any, any last words? Any messages no, to anyone? No problem. Just be freaking careful. I'm be like, careful? You mean don't don't send my dick pic out? To it exactly. goes down in the DMs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'll be careful. I'm going to file. I'm going to get my concealed weapons permit tomorrow, so it'll be all right. Don't worry, Miranda. Okay. We Ho- hopefully, we out. hopefully we will see you uh, up at the Michigan State game this fall. No, you will. I'm very excited. Okay. So it should be fun. All right. Take care, Miranda. Thanks right. a lot. You so, too, talk to you guys later. Okay. Later on. All right, we're going to come back with uh, our guest who started a uh, website in uh, Toronto, I guess somewhat similar uh, to the DSR. I don't think he's catfishing or outing anyone. but And Jeff, uh, you know, earlier you said we weren't going to have anything to talk about regarding the Red Wings we oh, actually no 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 no. no. What? what? I'm afraid. Did you, did you I'm not afraid. see what Topher Ryan retweeted? No. Oh, you're gonna want to read this hockey news article what in is, the break. What is it? Let's just leave it to this. <clears throat> Here's the headline: The Red Wings are in limbo, and Ken Holland is okay with that. We'll oh, see you on the other side right. of the break, folks. All right, we'll be back with Jonah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even reading that article. We don't have enough time probably to discuss that. We'll be back. You're listening to a previously recorded episode of the Detroit Sports Rag Podcast. All right, we're back on the DSR Podcast. Uh, Jonah from TorontoSportsMedia.com will be joining us in a second. Joining with, uh, as always, not as always, when he's not suspended or going to New York, Jasper Apollonia and Dave Phillips producing. Pretty feel like I'm pretty sure that's a made up name. I'm just saying. No, we no you you weren't around when we tried to. He that is his real name, and he wanted to change it to Jasper Marinovich as his, as his professional name. And we luck. I mean, if, if the DSR has done anything great in its 13 years, I'd have to say one meeting Miranda and two making sure that you didn't change your name to Jasper <laughs> Marinovich. Like made no sense whatsoever. No, at all. Well, nothing about my name makes sense, but that's not what we're coming back from the no, break no. for, Jeff. No, that's true. To discuss my terrible name. So, we're coming back here to discuss 
what you have accomplished now oh, yeah, right. on an international yeah, scale. Right. You so, are an international celebrity, Jeff. Soak yeah, it up. Yeah. So 13 years ago when I started the DSR, um, one of my uncles said, you know, this, this is great and everything that you're doing in Detroit, but what you should do is market this nationwide and get people in Denver, Boston, Chicago, New York to have sports rags, Toronto sports rags, Chicago sports rag. And that, that's how you're going to really make it big. And I quickly realized there was nobody in the world as psychotic as me to have a full-time job and then dedicate the amount of time to monitoring the local media, the sports teams. So the model, while it might be good in theory, you'd have to f- clone me, which nobody in the world wants to do, or find 15 more of me, which do not think they exist. Can you imagine 16 Jeff Mosses working no. together? God forbid. What, what a sequel to that Michael Keaton movie that would be. <laughs> Holy shit. But now we have a gentleman on the line, as I said, a Jonah. I, do, you, do you even give out your last name? He's an attorney up in the Toronto area. Do you just, are you anonymous as Jonah from Toronto Sports You're- Media? Yeah, whatever. Like, I don't hide it, but I don't necessarily give it out. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I don't blame you. I probably should have done that about it. I should have probably thought about that 13 years ago, and I wouldn't have to be hiring ADT right now, uh, round-the-clock <laughs> security services at my house. Exactly. Well, welcome to the show, Jonah. So Thank now, you. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hit me with a galooey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what is, when did you start? Uh, the Toronto SportsMedia.com website. What was the if influence of the DSR? What, what? I, I don't think I've, I've ever really heard that whole story. Uh, maybe you can fill us in. Yeah. So, like 1994, I moved to Detroit after college, and I was working there. And I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but like that's right around the time that DFN started. Yep. That's I think 94. Um, you know, Stoney and Parker were on in the drive home. Morning show was pretty awful. I can't remember who exactly was on it. Was it Larry Sorensen uh, and Butch Stearns? Yes, it was. I said it was awful. <laughs> um, and, you know, that character, the Mega Man, was on. And I was working in Detroit, and I was there for the better part of three years. And I, I found your site to just be flipping hilarious. Um, I, I love the fact that you just called a spade a spade you just called it as it was and nine out of eight times what you were writing is what i was yelling at myself in the car as i was listening to this crap right um so so i then moved back to toronto uh after law school early um 2000s and not that they're that much better but the toronto sports team at at that time really sucked and um the problem that i found was that the media was completely unbalanced and completely unfair. And no matter what anybody did, they just got shit on all the time. And it just, it drove me crazy. And with a couple little kids and working, um, what I did was, you know, when I, before I went to bed at night, I'd pull out my laptop and literally just, I I created at the time, Toronto sports media dot wordpress.com because it was free and right. I literally just started typing, uh, ranting and raving a little bit like a lunatic. And one by one, um, people started following. And so I think we're talking like roughly 2004, 2005. 
And uh, uh oh, Jonah. What's going on with the Amazon dot com? Uh, maybe he phone got connection. Maybe he got swallowed by a whale. Huh. <laughs> Jonah, that's pretty good. Uh, uh, thanks. Well, there we go. Uh huh. I. Uh, so you want to talk about Ken Holland's quotes? <laughs> oh my Jonah gets god. Back? Yeah. Uh, hopefully we can get Jonah back in here. Uh, Dave is out of the room right now so yeah, i'm probably smoking if he is if jonah is trying to call <laughs> us back sorry jonah we don't know what the fuck we're doing <laughs> <laughs> live radio mm-hmm. uh, or whatever this is it's not radio no so okay i guess if we don't have jonah on here right now we might as well get you really really pissed yeah, off and Dave, you talk about that article oh great thanks jeff <laughs> uh so i'm being completely abandoned in here by myself but like jeff said that's podcasting for you. So this this Ken Holland piece, uh, I, I don't even know if we should talk about it because if, if we start talking about it, you're going to get oh, he's back. so pissed Hello? off. Okay, you back, Jonah? I am. Okay. Perfect. I, I kept rambling until I looked up and there was no phone connection. Oh, okay. Where did you lose me? Uh, I think we lost you where you said that uh, you started gaining followers to – your rants. Yeah, you were using your free WordPress account and, and like yeah, you said, so just started literally, ranting. Literally, people just started following and um, it was just, it's just been fun. Um, when I started back then, each of the major newspapers had people who were on the beat, if you will, covering the sports media scene. And today there are none left. It's literally just me. Right. And it's kind of like what happened here with me. There's the papers don't cover sports media anymore, and if anybody wants to read it, it's just the DSR. Now, you've got a lot more targets, I would, I guess, to go after than we do because it's obviously a larger city. How many newspapers are there now, like with the Sun, the Star? So we have the Sun, the Star, the Globe and Mail, and the National Post. So you have double the potential idiots. <laughs> Correct. I mean, we have MLive, but still. But So now... You're not as vicious as I am. I mean, you've got a pretty good relationship with a lot of these people, right, in Toronto. So so my view always was what I kind of promised myself, and there's another guy who writes with me as well. My promise all along was try not to make it overly personal. Um, be fair and balanced. So if somebody writes something stupid on one day, call them for it. But if you agree with something they say the next day, credit where credit is due. Um, there are some folks in the, you know, there are some folks, and I'm sure it's the same with you, uh, who not only um, do you criticize, but they're also some of your best sources. And it's just the nature of the beast, right? It, it's a really – my experience has been it's fascinating. They love being talked about. They can't stand when you don't talk about them. And they hate that more than when you actually criticize them. As somebody with a journalism background, I can assure you that's true. We're all horrible narcissists. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, right? Like it it, it always reminds me of that scene uh, from the Howard Stern movie where the guy says, "The people that like him listen for fifteen minutes. The people that hate him listen for an hour." Right. Um, the worst thing you can do to these guys and gals is not write about them. Uh, they'd much rather you rip them than not talk about them. That that's how it was when I started, but now they just don't want me to talk about them. Most of them just, please, please don't talk about me. So, Jonah, uh, you know, you said you try and keep things less than personal. So how would you say, other than just your relationship with the sports media, 
What's your relationship with the Toronto sports teams? Because I know Jeff has had the police called on him by <laughs> by the Lions. Have you had anything of that ilk happen to you? Um, nothing bad. The only the only time something uh, offside kind of occurred is I had a kid. I, I do have an affiliation with um, a program called the College of Sports Media, and so it's a a self started college in Toronto for people that want to get into the business. And there was an instructor there who, former media member, who I think leaked stuff to one of the writers that was writing for me. And we got a cease and desist. Um, As far as the teams go, they've been pretty good, actually. I can tell you that the Maple Leafs in the early days, uh, their general manager called me, had me come in, loved what I was doing because he could not stand uh, certain members of the media and love that at least somebody had the balls to call them out on it. Well, as somebody being who's who's spent time both in Detroit and Toronto, what would you say the biggest differences between the two markets are, both from a fan base perspective? Uh, really, it's there's three perspectives I think you have to look at here: fan base, management, team management, and ownership perspective, and then also a media perspective. What would you say the th- the yeah. differences are in start all with three the, of Start with the media. I'm, I'm really interested in the difference between Toronto media and Detroit media. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, my overall sense is that the media is pretty similar. I think that, if, you know, if we, if we wrote down names and traits of characters, I, you know, for every Mitch album, I could pulse, you know, a Bob McCowan. Um, so I, I think from that perspective, they're pretty similar. Um, you know, the one thing that I, I don't remember this from when I lived in Detroit, and you guys can tell me, uh, the Maple Leafs take a lot more shit than the Blue Jays do. Um, The Raptors get almost no love. There's a small core of reporters, obviously, that cover them. But unless they're going deep in the playoffs, it's it's not even, you know, it's back of the sports page. Um, The Leafs are, are like the Lions, right? Like they've got... 50 people at every game in practice. If uh, right. somebody drops their jock on the floor, it's front page news. The, you know, the one, the one thing that I have noticed of late, or I, it just keeps coming up of late, I should say, is that the Blue Jays continually get a pass. Um, they don't really get criticized all that much, um, both by teams that, uh, sorry, outlets that uh, cover them and outlets that don't necessarily cover them. The one major difference is that um, the Blue Jays are owned by Rogers Media, which is Sportsnet. Um, the Maple Leafs and Raptors. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Poor Jonah. All right. Well, uh, hopefully you can uh, hopefully Jonah can call us in from a cell phone that doesn't have prepaid minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if that's possible. Is, is there a rumor, but... is the rumor true that Jonah is on a pontoon right now in, the, <laughs> in Torch Lake He's and he a... has spotty cell phone service? You know, I, I just got an email from someone claiming to know our friend. Oh, really? Hey, oh, yeah. It's Okay, well, Dave, once once Jonah calls back in, I'm assuming he's doing the the rambling thing. He's he's back on. Okay, oh, he's perfect. Yep. Jonah. All right, Jonah. This, this, this time I saw the line go dead. I'm oh. on a landline. I don't know what's going on. 
Um, is your house under an overpass or something? Or something like that. Yeah, I grew up under power lines. I would, ah, bl- I, I would blame the fact on Canadian telephones, but uh, <laughs> but you're not even in Canada right now. Well, yeah, apparently you're calling no, from the in, Amazon yeah, corporate I'm office. Seattle right now. Um, <laughs> you're in Seattle. So, yeah, so the one thing I was saying, I'm not sure, I, I think I saw when the line went dead. The biggest difference is a couple of our teams are owned by media outlets. Mm-hmm. So the, the Blue Jays are wholly owned by Rogers. Uh, which is the Fan 590, and also Rogers Sportsnet. Um, the Maple Leafs and the Raptors and the soccer team, TFC, are owned by a split between Rogers and Bell, and Bell owns TSN. Um, wow. We, we, don't have, we don't need to talk about the Argos. So there, so there is a constant um, battle, if you will, in the print, certainly on the Blue Jays, um, that they get preferential treatment by the Rogers folks because they own the team. On uh, the Leafs and Raptors, half the games on radio are on on TSN radio, half are on uh, the Fan 590. So that is a big difference. You know, I know in Detroit, corporate, you know, family, uh, the Ford family owns the Lions, but you know these teams are corporately owned. There is not one common evil empire, so to speak. Right. You know, it, it, it's the big corporation. So let me ask you this question, because one of the things that I've criticized Detroit sports media for over the years is it seems like they're just one big fraternity. They all get along. Everything's a joke. Um, They're almost like uh, police in the fact that when there's a bad cop, they're protected by the other quote-unquote good cops. To the point where you know when we wrote the Drew Sharp plagiarism story last year, uh, very few people would come out and and call out uh, Sharp for his plagiarism. The free press uh, refused to discuss it. The news, they you know supposedly the competition, even though they're under joint operating agreement, they they wouldn't write about it. MLive.com, another independent um, outlet, they would not mention it. It seems like they protect their own. And I was told by someone who follows our, you know, your site and my site, that one Topher Ryan, who uh, may yeah. or may not be Greg Brady, we're still looking into that, um, <laughs> that in Toronto, it's not like that. There's a lot of bickering and infighting yes. among the media. Yes, correct. Um, so there's two things that kind of occur to me. One is that, and again, I don't know what it's like there now, but when I was there, my impression always was that Certainly on the radio side, it was like a fraternity. You know, great camaraderie. Everyone kind of liked each other. I don't get that sense in Toronto. That doesn't mean they don't like each other, but I think, you know, they come in and do their job and go home. Um, I can tell you there are active feuds between personalities um, all the time. There are people who just downright do not like each other. Um, there, there have been threats of defamation, wow. uh, slander. Um, you know, it, it hate to say it, but it, you know, it really is life in a big city and, uh, they don't all get along. There's no question it, that is a, a big difference. And that's gotta be entertaining for you because to cover Twitter wars and things like that, yes. that's, I mean, that's something I don't have at all. Basically that's no, like, no, so even, that is there's like zero of that. Time. I mean, the only person who even, you know, kind of will go after other media members is, Mike Valente, but he doesn't tweet. But he doesn't tweet, and he does on the radio show, which I don't listen to. And it's kind of, and it's always kind of half-assed anyway. You never have you, Jasper. Can you ever remember 
like two members of the Detroit sports media legitimately really getting personal going after each other where the point like Jonah's saying that slander and defamation and libel could be brought up I no, never, no. I can't recall it ever a- absolutely not and that's actually a question that I'd like to ask God Jonah. damn would I love that no. I'm always the one who's <laughs> got to be involved in that part well, of it so that's what I would actually ask you Jonah what would you say the biggest difference between the way that your website covers the media in Toronto and Jeff covers the media in Detroit what would you say the biggest differences between the type of content that you put out are? Yeah, again, I, to me, it it it, I, it comes down to the point that I made earlier is that I think I think you guys are are just more personal, right? Um, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, here, here we, although some of them take it very personally, we just really try and report opinion. Um, I think. You know, a, a huge similarity is um, we break news, right? So when there's a, a radio lineup shuffle, we usually have it first. Um, take a lot of shit for that from people. It's pretty hilarious uh, as to whether or not we should cover it because people's lives are affected. Uh, these same people who have, like, trade rumor shows all the time, I find that a little ironic. Um, but, no, I, like, I think, honestly, like, I... I I started writing because I thought you guys were hilarious. I just didn't want to, to go the route that you have for my own personal reasons. Um, but I think I think the market from that perspective is pretty similar. I think you've got rabid fan bases in both towns that are dying for winners in the in the big sports. So Jonah, one one story that I really that comes to mind for me regarding the DSR is the Rick Carlisle getting fired story. Because that seems to me like it was it was a moment in DSR history where it became very obvious that if you were ignoring the DSR, you were ignoring a legitimate source of information and news in this town. Would you say that your website has had a story similar to that where people really had to stand back and regardless of what they thought of you – or the content you produced, or what you did in the market, where they had to stand back and say, whether we like it or not, this is a legitimate, a legitimate influencer in the Toronto market. Yeah, any any time. So we have two all sports radio stations. We have TSN ten fifty and the Fan five ninety. Uh, any time they shuffle the deck is one of those moments. Um, my Twitter followers go through the roof. My my um, the number of times my my stories are being broadcast el- elsewhere, uh, copied or pasted elsewhere is is through the roof. Um, you know the first time I broke about a major radio shuffle, uh, I think was the you know the biggest one at, in the early days was when actually Brady went to the fan as part of a massive reshuffling by a guy named Don Collins. I think that was the aha moment. Um, but <laughs> it happened so often in Toronto that it. It doesn't really matter which one you want to look at, but every one of those, I mean, if I put on Twitter tonight, big changes coming in Toronto sports radio, my inbox and cell phone will light up like a Christmas tree because and, and 90% of it will people be people on the inside wanting to know uh, what I know. Uh, the most recent one was, you know, when Ron, when uh, CBC Hockey Night in Canada fired, or I should say replaced, <laughs> uh, Strombo is the host and went back to Ron McLean. So I had that story for a while. Um, those are the things, you know, when I start getting the details of who's going to be 
in the new seats, um, numbers went through the roof. Let me ask you about that because now that you bring it up, because I'm a big hockey night in Canada slap since the, the late 70s. Why why did they replace Strombo for and, and bring back Ron McLean after what three years uh, of that experiment? What what? Uh, why did was, I think it was only two to two be years? honest. Oh, okay. Um, and they, to me, it was it was a chicken shit move. It was desperation. Um, you know, Rogers paid a gazillion dollars for that deal. It was a, a deal that was going to take years to monetize under the best of circumstances. And there was a perfect storm. I mean, the NHL is not the NFL. Um, so I don't care whether you're sitting in Manitoba or Toronto, you know, that, that Thursday night tilt between Tampa and Nashville isn't going to draw flies on national TV. It's just not. So even in Canada, uh, no, like, but but think like, who do, do you really care? Like, you're not going to draw the uh, the national audience that you do on a Saturday night, right? And you're not going to draw the audience that you do of a Leaf game. Um, and in Vancouver, like Vancouver doesn't really care about it either. So that was one problem. They overpaid for it. Two, uh, the biggest problem is all the Canadian teams suck, like literally. Right. So you have the storm. It's one thing that the Leafs bought them out. You know, they have a, a better season in that they bring God in to coach. Um, Shanahan's now running the team with Lou Lamorello. And although they finished dead bleep and last, they do win the lottery. So there's a degree of hope there. But all the other Canadian teams blow. You know, the Montreal Canadiens goalie gets hurt. They don't make the playoffs. None of the Canadian teams make the playoffs. And by the way, it's not even close. So that, you know, come Christmas time, there's not one thing that's interesting to pay attention to other than a trade deadline. So nobody's watching. Ratings are in the toilets. And they go looking for heads. So what do they do? They take an easy route. They fire a guy who probably never should have been there in the first place, and they replace him with the old guard. Yeah, that that, that whole thing was kind of surprising to me. I actually liked them uh, on the show. I don't know. It never really bothered me. Um, but, yeah, bringing back Ron McClain, just <laughs> – and I like Ron McClain. I always did, but it just seemed like kind of an odd decision. But maybe that's – is it, is it, is, is it, are they doing it on the cheap because George costs so much money? No, I think what they're doing is, I think they're, what they're doing is they're punting. I think what they're basically yeah. saying is we have no idea how to go after the young audience. So what we're going to do is grab the older guy while we still can, and we'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. So let's get back to Brady for a second. So obviously he was here when you lived here. Yep. And then as being a native of Ontario, he ended up back in Toronto working uh, for what? But for both radio stations, right? At one time or another. Yeah, he started at uh, six forty, which was it used to be a non-sports station that <laughs> that had the Leaf rights, so they had Leaf games at night, and then they paid an insane amount of money for a guy named Bill Waters, uh, who used to be the GM of the Le- the assistant GM of the Leafs. You know, he was an abortion. as a radio host. Yeah, and Brady, I think, was co-host number two or three with Waters. Uh, before he went over to Fan Five Ninety, so what happened with Brady? What, how did was it just uh, budget concerns, or I, I think in the end it was. So the final straw was budget. So what happened was Brady was um, Brady worked his way up, if you will. In one sense, that means working your way early. So he ended up on the Fan Morning Show, uh, with which a was a pretty good Jim gig, Lane. right? 
It was a pretty good a gig. A really good, like yeah. a phenomenal gig. Uh, so he was there with a guy named Jim Lang, and then they brought a guy in from uh, the West Coast named Andrew Walker, another young guy, and they were the morning show. And this guy, Don, Don Collins, had a vision uh, twice that we really needed shock jock radio in, in Toronto sports radio. So the first time he brought in a guy named Andrew Crystal, and that was an abortion, and then Brady replaced him. This time he brought in a guy named Dean Blundell, and he's the current host. Uh, you can Google him and find out about his crazy history on his old radio station on the FM dial, not sports. Right. Uh, Don thought he was going to be the savior that was going to take the fan 590 double digits in the ratings game. And uh, so they they broomed Brady and Walker to the, the graveyard of one to four. And basically, as you know, I'm sure it's the same there. Um, there's more people on this phone line generally that listen on this phone right now than listen to one to four. <laughs> and to have guys at morning salaries in the one to four graveyard doesn't pay. So as Rogers was trying to cut costs from the aforementioned hockey disaster, uh, they had numbers that they had to cut. So Brady was one of them. Okay. Well, my last question for you, and this is something that uh, I run into as well. Obviously, this is not your full-time gig. It's probably a, a losing money uh, proposition for you like it is for me, at least at this point. Uh, you have a normal job. Uh, am I allowed yes. to say what that is? No. Oh, okay. Well, let's just say he has a professional <laughs> Thank job. Thank you for asking, though. Yeah, I'm glad I asked. You have a professional job. Uh, Correct. Have, have you ever, have the two worlds collided for you? No, because what I do professionally is pretty different from what this is. Um, they really haven't. Um, I will tell you, so there's, there's two things that I'll kind of divert. I mean, what is there is one thing that's pretty cool, and that is I've developed some really nice friendships and relationships out of it. Um, a lot of respect for some of the people across the business who I've come to meet and, and know and have really good, open, honest relationships with. And whether they're on air or off air, whether in sales, our advertising, marketing, what have you, uh, I've got some really nice, I think, lifelong relationships with that. The biggest pain in the ass, to be completely honest, and you don't have this problem, is the ratings game. Uh, it's, it's a hidden thing in Canada. Um, they don't release it. You can't even buy them. So that oh, is wow. the biggest pain in the ass. Wow. Yeah, that's one of my biggest, you know, when I was posting the ratings when there actually were two stations, and uh, now there's only one and nobody really cares about what their ratings are. They're always good because mainly they're not a sports station. If they were, they'd be lower. Um, yeah, that's always that's always been something that's always attracted attention. So that kind of sucks that you can't get that. I think Jasper's got one more. It's a question. major pain in the ass. Yeah, you know, I I have one last question for you, Jonah. I, I'm not going to shoehorn in a, a Seinfeld reference like Jeff uh, Jeff Derry here will, but what uh, what would you say? In in gosh, you've been running this website now for oh, I mean, oh, well over a decade. Uh, what would yeah. you say? the thing that you've written or the thing that you've uncovered or just anything that you've been involved with regarding your website, what would you say you're most proud of? Listen, like I, I think the fact that, you know, <laughs> I, I literally started this sitting on a couch, pounding my frustrations about what some of these guys were writing. And the fact that one by one people started following and I wrote a piece 
very early on about a symposium I heard that was going on about concussions in Toronto and the fact that one of the major media members reached out to me privately and basically said, hey, love what you're doing. If there's anything I can do to ever help, let me know. Uh, that was pretty freaking cool. Um, the highlight to me, though, is I once wrote a story about a guy uh, who had problems with an expense account at his newspaper. And he emailed me saying, you got the story wrong, please call me. And I did. And when he told me the real story, I said, all right, I'll change it. He goes, really? I said, yeah. He goes, why are you going to do that? I said, well, I got it wrong. You're telling me the, the right facts. Why wouldn't I fix it? Like my the goal isn't to, to be wrong. And it's been that kind of relationship that I've had with most, not all, but most people that I have contact with. Uh, has been really nice. I mean, whether I, I write good or bad about them, for the most part, there's been quite a bit of respect, and uh, it's been fun. Yeah, that's one uh, that, that's one branch that uh, doesn't connect here. <laughs> <laughs> even even the people to say the least. E- even the people who like me hate me. So oh, there you go. Yeah. So yeah. Oh well. Teach and no, all. by the way, I haven't found a way to monetize it yet either. Yeah. Um, if I could, I, I'd share the secret sauce. Yeah. But. Part, you know, it's hard to write about the media and then get paid by the media. <laughs> That's true. And on that note, we will say goodbye. Thanks, Jonah, for joining us. You can check out his website, Toronto Sports Media. A uh, little pissed off he didn't go with Toronto Sports Rag, but what can you do? Franchises. Yeah, Come really. Come on, we could have franchised. Not, I, it's unbelievable what a uh, gold mine <laughs> I just left on the table. Thanks, you Jonah. Gotta, you got to franchise a losing proposition, Yeah, Jeff. exactly. Come on. Well, other people have done it. Mm. Donald Trump. <laughs> all right. That is all for tonight. Um, hopefully I'll see you next Tuesday. Never so, can tell. Yeah, as long as you're not shot up by then. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Dave, for filling in for Jessica. No problem, Appreciate man. it. Wait, that's not Jessica? <laughs> no, it's... Oh, my it's God. I assure you she doesn't own anything with this high of a neckline. <laughs> uh, not touching that one. I, hey, man, I'm already in enough trouble with women as is. Yeah, right. Please. Good night, everyone. <laughs> listening to a previously recorded episode of the Detroit Sports Rag Podcast.